when I was in Joburg, I was now presenting, I got a phone call from a tall yellow guy with big lips. Um, <laughs> you know him as Fat Joe. Mm. And Joe was like, Claire, I've got this radio show on YFM. And YFM, if you remember, it was groundbreaking then. It was 99, 2000. Yeah. And he had a show and he wanted me to do a feature on that show. Mm. And it was the entertainment slot. So he literally only wanted me to be the person that came in, did the entertainment news and came out. Mm. And, and, and so that's what I did. And so I joined YFM like that. Um, and that was the beginning of my radio career. So, for the since 1999, so I've been mm. in radio for about 20 years now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, radio, TV, uh, obviously both being in broadcasting, did you find moving across the two that the skill sets are the same, or did you find that you had to um, kind of be more of uh, another character on TV and more of another character in radio. What would you say it takes to to excel in, in, in either? Okay, so I think it's so much easier to do TV. TV is a forced environment. It is a fake staged environment. You have time to rehearse it and to and people's attention and senses are looking, so they want to see what you look like, and they are listening, right? And then they're engaging. The, the, so the senses are kind of all stimulated. I think TV is easier. Um, you've got more support on TV. You've got a director there. You've got somebody on set. You've got somebody who's going to make you look good. And so there's kind of a team that's going to mm. elevate you. So by the time somebody sees you on TV, so much has happened that's behind happened, the yeah. scenes for that moment, right? Mm. And you are just like usually like the last, you, the last link in the chain. Somebody wrote the script, somebody put the wardrobe together, somebody did, somebody did, and mm. then you must just say the words. Just open your mouth, stand mm. there, and <laughs> say the words. Whereas radio, it takes everything in you to be good at radio. It doesn't matter what position you're in. And I realized that the reason why I fell in love with radio more than TV was because radio requires you to be authentic. Mm. There's no facade like in TV. Um, the director and the producer, yes, you might have a content producer or you might have somebody to help you when you're on air, but when that mic goes on, listen, it, you, things are rocking. It must rock. It's on. Yeah, it's yeah. on. And people can see through you if you are staged, rehearsed, not mm. authentic, not having a good time, not in a happy space. Yeah. And so um, there are different skill sets, I think, that require any position, you know, mm. like for, if I had to ask people, if people, when people ask me about being a radio presenter, yeah. I'm like, you must have some level of ego, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Mustn't your presenters, yeah, like, because they must feel like they've got something <laughs> to say, they must feel like they're important, you some know, vanity. right? Yeah. They must have some vanity. Yeah. And so when your presenters have vanity, I'm like, that's good yeah. because you must feel yeah, yeah, yeah. something. <laughs> um, and um, they must, it's got nothing to do with a voice anymore. Remember back in the day, people used to say, if you sound like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you you sound like... <laughs> then you, you're rocking. The that doesn't voice. matter, yeah. you know. Your personality is what matters when yeah. you're a presenter. I think if you are loving life, you're curious, you, you love to have a good time, you want to inform and educate, um, mm. those are some of the qualities I think make a good pre presenter. What do you think makes a good presenter? So, so you know that about me. Um, we don't have enough time, so let me just... Get into, you. Let me just get under your habit. Yeah. So you talk about presenter, um, and you were in front of the mic, and then you went behind the scenes. So right. 
Take us through shortly just that journey of deciding that I don't want to be the steering anymore. I want to now create the steering. So how did that uh, migration come about? So I was at Metro FM. So I left YFM. I was at YFM. And then I realized, I was, remember, I was just the, the entertainment girl yeah. with Fat Joe. I realized I didn't want to be a sidekick for the rest of my life. So I was like, I needed to break up with that situation, mm. even though it was working for me. And I went to Metro FM. I was at Metro for four or five years, and I kind of did every little piece job that I mm. did at Metro. So I was running desk when there was yeah, OB. Yeah. I was <laughs> editing sound, making coffee, yeah. recording with my marans, going to events. Yeah. There were every single job that was going at Metro, I was doing. Mm. Um, and after five years, when they renewed my contract at contract negotiations, yeah, come April. Um, I didn't get a show. Mm. And I thought that was a huge knock to my ego because I really thought that if you're successful in radio, you have your own radio show, yeah. right? That was um, the idea. Yeah. That was the idea. And that didn't happen for me. And so I decided that maybe I needed to change my... Maybe radio wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. I realized at that point, maybe radio isn't for me. I've been in it now for like six years. Mm. It's not rocking. I don't have a show. I'm a failure at this. Mm. Um, I need to maybe find a new way. And so what I decided was um, I needed to find what that was. Left my job at Metro, didn't have another job. KG Moiketsi calls me and she says, Claire, would you be willing to produce? I'm like, produce? Me? Me? I'm so fabulous. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. to produce. I'm a steri, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And so I, I had no money, right? Mm, so I was like, mm. okay, I'll do it in the meantime. <laughs> while yeah, I figure while out, my things come While in. my things come together. Yeah. And so that's how I got into producing. And I'll tell you now, like, I fell in love with creating content. content molding content, shaping it. You feel like a little god, don't you? Right! When you're a content producer. Yeah, yeah. Because you people don't see you, mm. but, but they, they see get, your work. But they're affected by I the mean, work I mean, nobody sees God, right? Well, That's here I am. That's the same thing. That's yeah. the same thing. But uh, it's exactly yeah, that, yeah. you know. And people, I would hear people, I remember I was still taking a taxi. People would be talking about KG's show in the taxi that they loved. Yeah, talk And about I'm sitting there thinking, mm, <laughs> That's if only me. they knew. Um, <laughs> and I realized that um, creating content was my strength. Mm. I enjoyed it. I felt good in it. I was excelling at it. I was getting better mm, at it. Mm. And I realized that to be successful in radio did not mean I needed to be on the mic. It was the first time that I realized that you could be successful in radio by creating content. And my personality suited content yeah, production. More than... More than being on air. You, you speak about... I want to just touch on something you mentioned now when you say KG called you and there was no money and you were like, you know what, in the meanwhile, let me do this. Talk to us now about, you know, when somebody changes jobs, you move from Metro, you go to uh, 2000 or you go to KFM, people just see you moving job to job. And there could be behind that struggles of a time where you're not sure you're going to get a job. There's times where you leave a job because you've got another offer. There's times where you leave a job because you don't want to be here anymore. What, how, how were those dark days where you thought, is somebody going to call me? Because mm. uh, there comes that period where you think, I mean, I work at Metro, my CV says Metro, surely anybody will take me. No. So then you leave a job and then no one calls. Right. So how, are, how do you find the light in those um, dark moments of radio? Do you know, a lot of people just see them 
they just see that you're on somewhere or you're employed. They never actually, when you, when you don't hear of somebody, it's because nobody's calling them and they're not earning money and yeah. life is rough. Mm. Um, and so I had a lot of those times in between my move from the another jobs. radio station to, an, uh, to a different radio station. So it was never some seamless, mm. easy glide from one place to another. So don't expect that for your own life or your own journey. Mm. Um, and what I've been grateful for is that I've always worked at radio stations where I was the target market at that time. Mm. So when I was 20, 21, I was at Y. Mm. And then in my 20s, I was at Metro. Uh, and out of my uh, 20s, I was going into Kaya. But in between, those dark times made me question whether I should even be choosing this as a career path. Yeah. Um, because it's difficult, um, especially in the time that we were producing content things were starting to change. Audience was starting to change. Am I still relevant? Mm. Do they want cool kids? Must I be on TV? <laughs> I'm not on TV. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> so um, it really is tough. But I realized that because um, I knew that my intention was good, a lot of people get into radio for the wrong reasons. Mm. A lot of people get into radio thinking that they're going to be famous and this is, this is how they're going to break out into the world. Yeah. Wrong, 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 wrong. They're right? listening. They're listening. They're I'm agreeing right. with you. No, you, you, you've, you've produced for some of them. I, I wanna, I wanna. Speaking of producing for people, um, you've worked with some of the the big names on, on on radio as a producer. How important and how do you navigate having that hand where you can control somebody who you once looked at and said, "Oh wow, there's Pedro. Oh wow, there's KG. How do you find your personality and your boss within you when you're producing uh, big names on radio so so i didn't have a gig for a while and i got a call from greg and greg said fence had left kaya <laughs> and they were looking for a replacement for him and then they found me uh, and that's how we Congrats. are connected yeah and, i gave their job and so they had to downgrade <laughs> to me they had to downgrade to me and so i arrived at kaya having to produce for Tibos. Mm. Now you had been producing for Tibos and the show was the number one show mm. at the station. So I was completely thinking this guy's never going to listen to me. Mm. Um, and he didn't for a while <laughs> um, because he missed this guy. He was like, Fencer does like this. Fencer, Fencer, Fencer. Mm. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I realized it was a good first year with Tibos because I realized that I needed to forget myself. Mm. I needed to learn who my, pre my presenter was. Mm. What did he like? What were his interests? What, what elevates him? How can I support him? What are the things that make him come alive? So it's not just about a cool topic, right? Because mm. we can all think of a cool topic. But if, you're if you can't motivate and if you can't inject energy into your presenter and if you can't make them feel good about themselves when the mic goes on it everything falls flat yeah, yeah. no matter how great the topic the is, topic is yeah, yeah. and so what i learned and that is the tough journey i learned with tibos is that i needed to kind of forget myself and figure out how do i elevate him yeah. my role is to make him shine yeah that was that's my role that's all your role as your mm. producer so if you are a producer that wants to be on air and is also trying for fighting for mic space mm. you you're gonna struggle you're going to struggle mm. and i know some of producers do that mm. your job is to sit back and kind of look at, have a helicopter view of the situation yeah have understand a, the listener and the present and how 
how do you make them look good and Damn. also realize that your job is to make the show win yeah, yeah you know what i mean and that win might be against what you believe completely so if you understand what the show needs yeah then you're winning because if you're self-aware then you know okay these are my strengths my weaknesses this is my presenter what is the mandate of the station the station wants us to do this okay how can mm. i make that happen mm. and um so i then after tables i produced for bob mabena <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> the gem john pellman yeah, and yeah. <laughs> so i applied the same thing i listened to bob i listened to what he liked i tried to make sure that i was always trying to make him feel good so when i gave him content he was receptive to that content mm. um and he trusted me um with the content so he would not push back as much and yeah. he'd be like okay Claire knows what i like and so yeah, yeah. that's what i kind of i and, learned to do and through that you managed to to not only sit as a producer but to to find yourself dealing with content of the station yeah. right so uh now when you get to a position where I'd say you're the program manager or working with a program manager where you now have to look at different shows and different personalities and different presenters and different producers. What do you tap into uh, from your growth from YFM to up to where you are to um, do that kind of, kind of it's job? It's never about me. Hmm. All of the work that I'm doing is not about me. Um, even though it was a dream job, it's the hardest job to do. Um, and I I just realized that it radio is a you are a radio person or you're not you and I always found people that were curious hard working wanted to listen read more you know people that were curious about life observing people were really they ended up becoming really good radio people and that was who I was anyway um but having a passion to um have meaningful content I started out with just fun things at at Metro at Y and at Metro and as I was growing up I felt like you know what content can be fun and interesting but I also wanted to kind of I used to have this thing at Kai saying great programming saves lives it really does mm. um and I was like what am I doing in my own way to try and change how people feel react what am I teaching them mm. and so it was more than just a job it really was like a life purpose thing it sounds very oprah mm. but i really <laughs> felt i really felt that wow you know um it's great when listeners call into a station and be like i didn't know that and now you've yeah, changed my yeah, life yeah, yeah. or thank you so much for taking my call and investigating my story and you know uh, mm. people listen where we broadcast you and i people listen to radio for help mm. for assistance for guidance they rely on us right whereas in other territories they just it's purely entertainment mm, something to do when i'm not doing anything yes yeah. whereas we have kind of responsibility attached to the entertainment mm, so mm. i found purpose in that um and i think that was what i was trying to apply and inject into my presenters my programming team the sound engineers everyone in the station that your job is a responsibility it's not just um thing to pass the time I, I, yeah i like moving into that passion versus um purpose maybe um with commercial radio i mean with community stations community radio it's it's kind of direct that you're a community station of this community so you're kind of serving this small um, um community in a setting of a commercial radio station how do we or should we still find 
um, the community element of it, to look at the audience as a community. Because commercial radio is very about the music you play, the presenters that are there, where there's trending and all of these cool things. How do we bring back the responsibility of commercial radio? Should we even? Yes, we should. And anyone who listens to 947 in the morning will know how when they do those calls to people in Alex or helping young boys, like Anela has been crying on radio a lot this year because they do amazing <laughs> stuff. That is great because it shows listeners who you are as a station, who, what your values are, what your principles are, um, and it endears them to you. They're like, you know what, these people don't just joke around and have fun. They actually are trying to, to better the world. And in a country like ours, it's even more important. But I feel like it's important for your listeners to feel like, wow, you know, I'm with the good guys. I'm listening to the good guys. I'm listening to people that are really doing great things. And they make me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. They make me feel good about there's hope. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's hope for my country. And, you know, you feel like, sure, how am I going to help those people yeah, in Alex? What today? am I doing? What am I doing? And yeah. so it might not be um, a hardcore, you must do something for your community. But yeah. the little features or those type of um, promotions that empower people are crucial on a mm. radio station, especially a commercial radio station. Yeah. We're going to take a few uh, questions, but before that, I'm going to just ask Claire this one question. People can start raising their hands if you have any, any question for Claire. Um, you're now back on the mic and back on the screen. Um, Claire Blanche, as I call it. You're on, <laughs> <laughs> you're on and you, you're on Classic FM. Given your life experiences, given where you are now in life, and given where radio is today compared to where it was then, why are you back? Are you anxious? Are you like what space are you in now as, as Claire behind the mic? So I got a call from Lyndon Johnson. Some of you might have been to his session earlier. Um, he heads up Classic 1027. He called me and he was like, Claire, I haven't been on air since Metro, mm -hmm. which was when? 1932. <laughs> um, and so he was like, please come back on air. And I'd been producing all this time. And I said, no, I'm not going to, you're crazy. I'm not going to be back on air. Because as somebody who was once a program manager, you think to yourself, I used to snoop other people. I used to guide other people. Now when a program manager is on air, you better be flawless, right? <laughs> you better not make a better mistake. Know you better do. know yeah, your yeah, yeah. story. And so he said, I'll give you time to think about it. He called me back two months later and um, the idea excited me to be back on air. I'm still insecure. Um, I still over prep. I still am nervous when I switch the mic on and I back announce um, and I do station ID, time check, you know, all those things. Um, I still, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm, I'm still nervous at it because I feel like now you got to know something about yourself. I know I'm a super producer. Hi. Mm. <laughs> but I know I'm not that, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be as a presenter. Yeah, yeah. And nobody's going to tell you these things. Mm. Fencer's not going to call you, eh, Claire. Eh, those <laughs> links. There. Those, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you kind of need to be self-aware about your strengths and your weaknesses. And I'm aware that at, as on air, on radio, I'm still growing. Classic is, for me, like the best place for me. It's a safe place to grow. It's a clean slate. They're rebranding. They're growing. It's exciting to be there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the station's going to look like or feel like in a year's time. So I'm glad that I'm there. Had I gone into a bigger station, Kaya, mm -hmm. 
drive time, yeah. everyone would have crucified me. Because <laughs> right? they're expecting excellence. Thank you. You were busy creating. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're going to expect fresh from Claire. Yeah. You know? um, and I knew I'm not dead. I know I'm yeah, not dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, what has helped is that if you are really good at radio, you'll be phenomenal at TV. But if you're really good at TV, it does not always translate back to radio. Yeah. And that's the fact of the matter. You know, yeah. that's the fact. Um, a lot of, I, I'll be the first person, even though I started on TV, mm. I'm the first person to raise my hand and say, TV people don't work on radio. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Which they is don't. Like, which is like a thing now. Um, which is a thing now. Radio. And everyone is like, yes, do I have to have lots of followers? To yeah. be on radio, yeah. and I'm like, no, yeah. you need to be good on radio to be on radio. Yeah. Um, so, but but sometimes we blame them for asking that when the powers that are running radio completely will do that. Completely, they just bring somebody because they have they have a lot of followers. Yeah. Um, okay, here's a question. Yeah? Okay. Listening to your story, Claire, what would you advise somebody who has gone through journalism school and they feel that they've been trained? And then they get to a radio station, they get to him, and he tells them that, no, you are not a radio person mm. after spending four years at varsity and so forth. And yet we have Claire, a scientist uh, who was a model and who is making it in radio. I think these are some of the disappointments that uh, some uh, radio and even TV personalities do face yes. uh, after having passed their A-levels and gone uh, to journalism school. That's phenomenal. Um, yeah, thank you for that question. I was in a position where I needed to, I could hire people, and so I would be sitting in interviews, and people would come with their qualifications, journalism qualifications, or even Boston Media House, number of top favorite. Um, and I would ask them on the spot, okay, cool. Um, we would give a practical, uh, kind of a practical test. Uh, if I gave you a story and you had to go do this, what would you do? Um, and so what we realized in the industry, the people that we come, that we get, that are qualified to do the work, and your qualification gives you the edge. It does give you the edge, but it's not everything. If your personality does not match the platform, you will not work. Um, because I get sent into places at Cop Lounge where people are shooting at each other. And guess what? I must walk towards the bullets. I must be like, okay, that's my cue. I must, I must get closer to there. I need to, want, I need to be okay in putting myself on the line. I must be a hungry, gregarious person outgoing. Whereas when somebody is timid, shy, uh, doesn't voice their opinion in an editorial meeting, we don't know what their personality is like. We don't even know what beat they want on the news. You know, are you women and children and disabled people? Or who are you? And so... Your degree and your qualification, get it, because it does push you over. But understand that you can't then just sit back and not try to develop the rest of your skill set. Because the thing is, everyone else, the majority of people I know that are successful in this business, I don't know if, it, how many people do you know that are successful in this business have a qualification in media? I mean, I'll tell you uh, to, to also answer Mike. Your, your, your question. <clears throat> to also answer your question is that, if you think about how a doctor cannot walk into a hospital and say, you know, I'm a doctor, can I get a job? And then say, no, we don't need you. Because before that qualification, the doctor actually went onto field and worked, right? Mm. So radio, there's a need for, if you are studying anything in, in, in broadcasting, 
that before you even get your qualification, they've made it surety that you've actually been uh, participated in, in mm. broadcasting, right? Right. Because you can't arrive with your certificate and say, okay, now I'm ready. And, and we must now trust that you can, because if you don't do the job, um, what did, why did we hire you? Did we say, no, we saw your CV that you worked here, you worked there. And the other important thing is myself, I worked 13 months with no salary when I started on radio. One, three. People will be like, ah, you're crazy. One month, they crazy. They must pay you. You must understand that this is your journey. It's not whoever's trying to hire you. It's not whoever. Once you succeed in this industry, you have succeeded. So if, if at any point you think so-and-so needs to make sure that I have a job, so-and-so needs to forget that, forget that, and understand that me here is, this is where I am, this is where I'm trying to get to, and I'm going to get there, whichever route that I need to take. You know, so there's that element. And I understand when people go to school and say, but look at that guy, he's got no qualification. What that person has is experience. Uh, what that person did initially in that career is to learn the work. And that's mm. what, that's what they, they always judge. Yeah, you the theory um, is great, but I can, uh, maybe I'll repeat the question if I can hear it. So we have, we have four the more mic. minutes, so okay. can we keep it brief, please? Hi, um, you touched on... Uh, um, the issue of followers and, and, and you know, people being hired because they're um, on TV and so on. Um, one, I think you should have been in that discussion um, that, that, that we had about open up the industry. Um, um, number busy, two... busy, guys. busy. <laughs> <laughs> how? Um, my question is, how do you measure the talent? I mean, coming from a former programming manager, and, and you being in your line of business, how do you guys measure talent in this time and in this day and age where people are being hired because they have 23,000 followers or 80,000 followers? Okay, so I hate the idea that people get hired because of that. Um, unfortunately, um, the powers that be make those bad decisions, so I do not endorse that. That's why I tell people TV people shouldn't be on radio just because they're on TV. That's crap. They're making bad radio. Um, you know what I mean? They... Um, and it's about, I don't know how many, I've listened to thousands of demos. I've listened to so many people. There are people that are doing all the things that they're supposed to be doing. They back announce, they time check, they throw forward, they do the promotion and then ad break, right? Um, but it's difficult to quantify an X factor. It's difficult. You, the, the radio stations that you listen to and the shows you listen to, there's something that jovas you, you know what I mean? And that, I can't measure it. And so you will listen to thousands of demos and you ask people to do another demo, do another one. Because maybe um, they're nervous in that recording, maybe their true personality is not shining. Um, and the more somebody is themselves, the more somebody sparkles. I can't even describe it. That is how I measure it. If I have a reaction and then I'm like, okay, Fence, come listen to this. And I get him to listen to it. And if he gets the same feeling, then I'm like, okay, maybe something is happening here. Um, and those people are the ones that end up having longevity because usually they are authentically themselves. They're not trying to be something else. Uh, when you meet them in the street, you're like, hey, Glenn Lewis. Glenn Lewis is himself everywhere, all the time. All the time. Who you hear on the mic is who is the guy at the barbershop as well. So it's difficult to say how we measure it because... Um, some people have no qualification, but all of the X factor, and they fly. Right, um, Karabo uh, from Skukuni FM in Limpopo. I just have like one question for you. 
we know that uh, the media industry is cruel. Um, as, as a woman from modeling into radio and being the content creator, did you ever come across uh, the issue of sexism, saying that, no, she's a woman, she can't do that, no, um, you know, like, uh, just turns out to being a show and does that. So, like, did you ever come across such issue of, um, like, sexism within the radio industry? Yes. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> Everywhere, all the time, every day, non-stop, today, yesterday, tomorrow, next year, non-stop. It's just like, have you ever experienced racism? It happens, they discriminate. Like the only way, and I love what, I don't know who said it. Somebody, unimportant said it, and then Oprah said it, and then I remembered when Oprah said it. And she spoke about the fact that, um, you know, the only, the only way that you, you can like fight against racism and sexism and all the isms and the discrimination is to be excellent. And in every single position I had, I I needed to be excellent because I thought people are looking at me, they think I can't think. People are thinking I can't do the job. I need to earn my stripes. So I was the first one at work, the last one to leave. I was the one that got everything on time. I was never late. I was MVP wherever I was. And that was the thing that projected me to the next thing. Do you know what I mean? So be good at what you are today. Quick question before you leave. Yes. Why do you keep coming back to radio? Why radio? I can't not do radio. Radio gives me life. Radio is everything. Radio will never die. Radio is the thing. I, TV is nice. I'm cheating on radio with TV. Um, I'm married to it. I don't even know what it is. I feel like it's because it has a real impact. It's real. Um, and I listen to radio now and my heart breaks because I feel like people are losing the essence of what radio can be and should be. Um, but if you know what it is, don't stop fighting for, for, for that, for the, the true essence of radio. I will never stop loving radio. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Uh, our time is up, unfortunately. While we look for the meaning of Mjovo inside, <laughs> we are going to end the say, session. I just want to say a very special thank you to Fence. Fence never speaks. He never, he never does these events. And so when I called him and I asked him, please facilitate my function, he, my, my session, he was like, I don't do these things. Um, so thank you so much. I appreciate it. I respect you so much. You're a super producer. Like, you rock my world. Thank you so much.
Hi, thanks everybody. Thanks for your time. Um, uh, we're going to go straight into it. Um, we can just, I just, uh, as I was saying earlier, I'm happy to discuss any slides straight afterwards. It's probably easier to do it that way, which makes it a bit of a workshop discussion. Um, so if you do have any questions, straight after the slide we can go into a little question. Uh, obviously time is a, is, a, is a factor, so we just need to be careful. Um, but it's much easier to do it that way if you do have any specific questions about, um, about what I'm saying. So I'm just, my name's Frank, permanently curious and a willing student always. Um, these are important things, I believe the, the ability to learn as you get older is probably one of the best things that one can do. Um, um, and digital audio seems to be the thing that I'm most keen learning about. Um, these utterances are mainly as a result of my experience, um, testing systems, trying solutions, um, and trying um, experiments, specifically with audio, but obviously it's, it's, it, it um, stretches over to video as well in, in terms of transport of audio and video over networks. That's really what we're talking about at the moment. Um, so practical implementation is an important, uh, an, an important thing for me. I'm also crazy about open source software um, and anything that's unencumbered by stuff like patents and um, uh, legalese. Um, so, the, yeah, Tim asked me to, 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 to do a, a talk on, and provide 10 tips. Um, it's somewhat difficult because I think it's much more, much more um, relevant to speak about concepts when it comes to digital audio. Um, but I've numbered them anyway, so uh, to keep, to keep uh, in the brief, and um, be aware that they're not, they're, some of them are not prob probably tips, but they, they're concepts that one needs to adjust to. Um, so I'm not an engineer or a doctor of physics or a, or a mathematician or a lawyer, for that matter. Um, simply a master of no specific discipline. Um, all right. So let's get straight into the tips. First of all, I've been to a lot of radio stations that don't have proper internet. Now is the time to get it. We cannot operate without proper internet connections at the, at, at the moment. It's just impossible. There's no longer an excuse that it's unavailable or too expensive or whatever the, whatever the excuses were before. Really, really, really get a proper internet connection. It's, it's, it's just worth it. Um, number two, go digital. Um, analog is out. We, I know everybody says that, but it really, really is worth it to go digital. It's much easier than you think it is, if those of you who are not, um, and it's not that expensive. Um, it's, you know, four or five years ago, it was an expensive thing to do. Uh, these days, it's not that expensive to do. Um, there's all sorts of products. The standards are better. People are complying with those standards. Uh, we've got AES67 and SMPTE 2110. These are um, methods of, of putting manufacturers in line. 
um, and making everything much easier for us as the end user. Number three, it's one that always comes up. Just learn how to code, anything. Code a scripting language, a basic programming language, just learn how to code. I promise you it's, it's, it's again, easier than you think, um, and it'll put you in a, in a place where digital audio becomes easy to do, and that's really what we're talking about. Digital audio is easier than analog audio, um, but you, there are some basic skills that you need. Second is buy yourself a couple of Raspberry Pis. I don't know, if, is everybody familiar with the Raspberry Pi? Um, a Raspberry Pi is a small little card-sized computer. That's one there. It's a fully-fledged computer. It runs preferably Linux on it. Um, it'll teach you more things that you'll, than you'll ever know. Costs about 450 Rand. So, um, uh, and there's a new one coming out, so these, ones, these are going to get cheaper. So, uh, do it. Um, you might have seen that we've already covered four of the tips. <laughs> so it's going better than I thought. Um, has anybody got any questions or any, uh, anything about that? Just referring to code, um, what, what would you recommend? Well, so again... Just referring to code, um, what would you recommend we, we, we look at? It depends on, on how involved you want to get. Um, most operating systems, and again, because I'm an open source advocate, I would, I would speak a lot of, about Linux. In terms of that, if you just learn how to script, bash script, which is similar to Power, PowerShell in Windows, okay, um, you're already on, on your way to doing something like that. So start off simple. Bash scripting or, or PowerShell scripting is, 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 is the way to go. If you really want to take anything further, Python is the next, probably the next step. If you want to do web stuff, then obviously JavaScript and, and, and um, the Java backends are, work as well. But Bash scripting, Python. Python's a very simple language to learn. Um, it, it's multi, it'll, it'll compile on any platform. It's been around for decades and decades. You can experiment with these new ones, but I would stick with the simple ones. Can I just ask, so you said it's, um, it's probably worth, is this working? Yeah. Uh, it's probably worth getting stuff around Raspberry Pi. Is that purely because of its accessibility, it's cheap? I mean, why do you recommend? In, in the context of what we're going to discuss today, it's, it's a simple tool. So the idea is to try and make digital audio as simple as possible, okay? You can, you can with a Raspberry Pi, root audio. You can you can process audio, you can, you can do all the things that you need to do with a, that you needed to do with a piece of cable and two XLR connectors. And really that's the, that's the, that's the context of it. It's, it's a very cheap device. Obviously it's not a fancy i7 16 gig um, machine, but it's a very cheap device. The, the entry level comes with the operating system and GUI and all sorts of things, and it's very simple to get into. And for instance, you can, you can put a Raspberry Pi with the, with the native operating system on it, and you can immediately start streaming a Axios stream, live, live wire stream. Without any programming or technical knowledge, you can do it straight away with the SDP file that you get from the X node. So, so you can start immediately coming up with solutions without having to 
say, how do I get into this digital audio thing? You can start making it work for you, and the pie is the device that'll, that'll get you there. Does anybody want to have a look at it? Sorry, you can, I, I'm holding on to it. You can pass it around if, if you want. Um, I thought I was. All right. So, um, keeping it simple. Um, I remember when I started in this business, there was only analog audio. Um, and in fact, um, for a long time in my career, analog audio was the only thing. And even, even after 10 or 15 years, I was still plagued by things like out-of-phase audio, um, and, it, and irrespective of how comfortable you are or how careful you are with that entire analog um, cable chain, if you like, you still had audio out-of-phase, and, and it was just one of those things that would drive you insane. You've installed this entire massive uh, facility, and your audio is out-of-phase. And it could be at any one of those points. It could be at two or three. In fact, if it's at two, it's going to be back in phase. If it's at three, it's out of phase again. But there's three faults that you need to find. And, and it, it becomes tedious to have to you know, weigh your way through miles and miles of cable when now we've got a, simple, a much simpler solution. Um, it also allows us to be much more creative. We can find... So, for instance, you're talking, talking about that entry-level Pi with the, with the Raspbian operating system and VLC, for instance. It's got VLC on it. Um, you, can, you can say, okay, well, that audio stream is coming from there. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, a VoIP telephone system has normal RTP audio between it, okay, between the, once the SIP call is made. You can immediately go in with your VLC and you can look and, and snoop one of those RTP streams. So you can start thinking that, okay, there's a telephone, there's a, a telephone system. I've got the same device that can listen to the audio without soldering a single cable. Um, so the, it becomes this creative thing that you can start doing to solve your own problems. Um, but don't discount the creative creativity. You know, we all as techies, certainly in my career, I've always been locked away in a back room. Um, and the creative, pe the creative, creative sexy people were always in the front, um, you know, with, with good hairstyles and, and, um, and getting all the attention. But we're able, with digital audio and digital video, we're able to get much more creative than, than we are. Um, All right, so creativity, simplicity, and, and new stuff. There's one here that I, I can suggest. Any, anybody heard of cleanfeed.net? Okay, so you will, you'll know what it is. It's, a, it's essentially a website. Um, you can, uh, let's see if I can pull it up. I've got, um, I've got another screen that I want to show you, but if, during the question time, cleanfeed.net is a website. It uses RTP audio, it's a, the basic entry-level um, system is free. You 
put it into your studio, and it'll automatically give you a mix minus, and it'll give you a method of connecting to anybody via a web browser. You, you connect, you say add a user, you put in their email address, it sends them an email, they click on the link, and they're connected to your studio using WebRTC. So it's, the problem with things like Skype is that they're switching codecs, they're, they're, have got two business, they've got a business offering and a n normal free offering. Um, people have been using Skype where they've forgotten their passwords and they've created new usernames. I, for instance, have about five or six Skype usernames. Um, if, if someone wants to get hold of me on Skype, they're going to try the wrong one. Um, so, so cleanfeed.net, it's very simple. There's hardly any registration. You can pay for it and get more features and more usability out of it. Um, put it into, it's on a web browser, it'll go into your studio, it'll just start working straight away. You'll create an account with your email and you can pay extra and get some, some funky um, features. Um, again, any questions on that? Creativity, simple. Cool, let's go straight on. Um, all right, so in terms of this simplicity and, and deconstructing these massive facilities that, we, that we're used to installing, um, I've got a sample of a machine. It's, it's running Linux. Um, it's not here, it's at my lab. Um, I didn't want to bring it because it takes some time to set up. But it's a simple, straightforward tower box that's running, that's got a, a, an i5 processor with eight gigs of RAM. So there's nothing fancy about this computer. It's running um, uh, CentOS 7, which is, a, which is a red hat definitive of, of derivative of, of Linux. Um, doesn't really matter, they're, they're one of the problems with Linux is that there's so many of these different distributions, so it, you, you just have to get quite used to some of them. So this is using a tool called Stereo Tool. Anybody heard of Stereo Tool? Um, it's an audio processor. It's a software audio processor, and it's running on the machine. Um, I'm just running with a standard um, configuration. Uh, it, can do, it can process FM audio, obviously, as well. The, the, the basic entry level, again, is a free tool. This is not open source software. It used to be, but it's not open source software. The entry level, this, what, the version you're seeing here is free, though. Um, so in this, on this machine, I've got a... No, we're not seeing anything. So I've got a... Linux system called Jack running. Jack is a patch bay, a digital patch bay. All right. We have a playout system called Rivendell. It's patched to the processor. So in other words, the outputs of the playout system are patched into the processor. I'm using four inputs just as a demo. The output of the processor, we're using the FM processor, is going into the system sound card. So there's no fancy sound cards or anything in this. Um, I also have, what else have I got? Um, oh, so FM1 and the, the other outputs are going to the, the, the standard sound, onboard sound system of the, of the card. So we've got the processor running. We've got a 
the, the jack, which is the, that's, that little control panel is telling us the status of jack. Um, jack stands for something audio connection kit, okay? It's a simple internal patch bay. All of these, with the exception of the processor, are open source software, even the operating system that it's running on and the playout system, which is somewhere there. Okay, so sorry, you can't really see what's, what's going on there. Um, but this playout system has a, it has a database, it has a GUI, it has a, a, an audio store where all the audio is actually physically stored. It's called Rivendell. I use it, I don't use it. A lot of stations obviously have their pre preference for, for specific, um, you know, these uh, big vendor systems. But I use it just as a, as a test and, uh, and a development server. So if we run it, remember we're running this remotely. Um, uh, hit it twice. Um, it is physically playing the audio. The audio is going out and the processor is working. So everything is on a standard Intel machine that is required for the bulk of what you need to do in the radio station. And 90% of the software is op not only free, but open source as well. So there's the stereo tool, obviously that's doing the most work. Because it's a software um, processor, it does introduce a bit of latency. So if, you, if you're worried about latency, then you might need to um, consider something more. Generally, though, an output stream is 700 milliseconds isn't a problem on an output stream. I think even an Omni, the Omnias have a little bit of latency as well. Um, so just as a demo, to, to keep these things simple, without, there's not a single cable anywhere connecting any of those things. They're all running on the same machine. Um, that's the kind of creativity, simplicity that, that um, we can achieve. Um, okay, any questions on that? Is there support for those uh, three, for all those? Which, can you get support uh, for all those uh, you, So the Playout system, you can buy support. Um, the operating system is Linux, so you would need some, you would need some sort of internal Linux skill sets. Um, the stereo tool, if you buy any of the extra extra tools, you can get support. But the support does cost extra in, in all cases. That's where open source developers and, and distributors obviously make, that's where they make their money from. For the uh, software-based um, audio processor, can you plug in to a TX and power uh, an analog uh, FM? Yes. So if you want, if you want, you can have a composite output, FM composite output. You can have analog output. You can have uh, anything that you can plug into a, a PC. You can even take those outputs and stream them directly from that same machine. So if we, if we look at that jack, that jack. Um, oh, sorry, I missed it. Um, we can create a stream from this machine and patch it directly to there. So it could be uh, with an IP driver, it could be an Axia stream with a, again, Axia stream is going to, IP driver is going to cost you money from Axia. Um, but you can stream it using a tool, which I'll show you just now, to directly to Icecast. Um, again, a free tool that will run, run on the same machine. 
Um, yes, sorry. One, two. Okay, I can hear myself. Yeah, my question is, um, I see that, uh, can you go back to that slide again? Uh, oh, the, sorry, the, the screen. The previous one, yeah, the screen. Yeah. Yes, can you move the, that interface of the patch bay? Yeah. Just a little on the side. Uh, I see there's a little, okay, move it this side. I want to see the multiband compressor section. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. Sorry, let's go do that. There. Yes. I yeah. see there's a reflection of VU meters on the multiband uh, compressor. Now, my question is, uh, different music, different sounds that are produced in different frequencies. Say, for example, a song's been down in the township. Obviously, we know producers from the, town, from the township, they like some of the things. So, is that multiband compressor um, auto-gating, uh, I mean, automated like the auto-gate, noise gate, I mean. So, no, the multiband compressor is set, up, is set up in the presets. So, only the AGC is going to help you with this version, with this, with this free version, okay? Um, you, you can, there is, a, there is another feature called um, this natural, uh, it's not there, natural, are uh, there. So you could, there's another co feature called natural, um, I've forgotten the name of it, but it will then boost certain frequencies um, within the, with that, you, that you're needing to do. So it's called natural, uh, I, I can't see those. What it does is, it, is it, it's a preset, and it does cost extra. I think it costs about $112, somewhere between $99 and $150. Okay, so, and that's, and that's what you're looking for there. Um, again, I'm not an absolute expert. I'm certainly not, uh, not qualified to tune a processor. Um, I think that's quite a quite a serious art. Um, my ears, I'm afraid, are way too old for that. Um, uh, it's, you, you'll find, though, that there's, there's a whole, there's a bunch of presets um, that are somewhere. Okay, so you can't really see what it says there, but they've got generic presets, FM presets, DAB, or just digital streaming presets. So, and, and that's obviously a community of people that have come together and created those presets. Similar, similarly, on, on any hardware processor, you'll have a whole bunch of presets that you've got. Okay. Um, all right, so in the, in, the, in the theme, I said simple, effective, and resilient. Simple is good, we know why. Effective is good, we know why. But these things have to be solid. They have to work in harsh conditions. They have to work 24 hours, 365 days a year. Um, so in a lot of instances, we're relying on standard hardware. This is standard stuff that, needs to, that, that we're all used to already. Um, but resilience is something that we need to focus on quite a lot um, because 
all of us hate that two o'clock in the morning phone call where it's gone down and nobody can hear a thing. So, so there's, there's two aspects to resilience. One is um, multi-layered or multi, uh, let's call it multi-layered redundancy. In other words, you want, you want a computer that sits there and if it fails, it must automatically switch over to another, another computer. Failing that, it must get, it mustn't fail, all right? <laughs> Um, so there's a couple, of, a couple of things that I do, a couple of useful things that I do. Again, with Linux, it's so easy to create a run, redundant computer. We, we saw a computer running all of those things on one machine. Obviously, the problem with that is if that machine fails, the whole thing falls apart. So uh, in Linux, there's a, there's a very simple concept called keep alive. Okay, and what it is, is you create another machine that is a mirror of that machine. Um, as soon as the keep alive detects that the other machine is done, is, is down, um, it automatically replaces the IP address and that machine will take over. A free tool, completely free, completely simple to, to um, configure um, in terms of redundancy. Okay, so it's much you might say, well, but now we have to, we, we have to um, duplicate all of our hardware. Um, and yes, but it's only a tower case. It's not a super duper machine that's doing, that costs you 120,000 Rand. Um, so some of the other tools that I use are Amazon.com. Anybody using AWS? Uh, AWS is, a, is, is Amazon's cloud uh, offering. It's become very comprehensive. It's become unbelievably reliable. Um, by, by its nature, if you copy a file, for instance, into Amazon AWS, it'll create that file, and any subsequent file, it'll create a new version of it. So it'll automatically version files for you. You don't have to do anything. You just have to copy the file there each time. Um, some very fancy tools like Transcribe and Translate, also with Google, um, and and Google have got eight South African, sorry, seven South African languages on board now. So you'll find even Zulu and Kosa are are realities in terms of translating and transcribing. I'm not sure what AWS have got, but Google have got it. Um, both of those offerings are very simple to sign up to. Um, you will need to skill up, and one of the things that you'll need to know to make them work for you is how to code, and that we're going back to our, our first slide. Um, there are things like, so for instance, we want to monitor Axia. Axia is always a good one. Um, certainly in South Africa, Axia is very popular in terms of um, studio backends. Um, but Axia can fail like anything else. And Axia has, writes very comprehensive logs, and it, it, writes ve it has very, um, very good real-time packet loss monitoring, for instance, okay? So it's very easy to f watch a graph of packet loss um, that starts off good, in other words, well, sorry, low, because there's low packet loss, and starts going up. Um, it's very easy to see from a graph via monitoring the system um, if there's an impending fault. Okay, so, so in terms of analyzing data, take a Raspberry Pi, put it into your Axia network, 
let your Axia network write all its logs to the Raspberry Pi, and your Raspberry Pi becomes the monitoring device for that Axia backend. Um, you then take that device and you can feed it to some fancy graphics and data analysis that Google or, or Amazon will, will give you. Um, and then just one, just one other, this is the one, the tool that I was talking about, FFmpeg. Anybody heard of FFmpeg? Again, FFmpeg is a piece of free software. It is unbelievably resilient. It's a piece of software that's been around for 10 or 15 years. It's, it's very well maintained. It's a command line um, uh, thing in Linux, so it requires a simple knowledge of the command line. But if you get a Raspberry Pi, one of the first things to do is look at the command line. And there's a command there. There's one command that'll take a Axia stream, it'll encode it to AAC at 64K, and it'll send it to Icecast. One go. You can do that on your Raspberry Pi. That's one command that'll do that. Everything for you. Um, a Raspberry Pi is very comfortable doing that. It's not resampling any audio. It's not actually um, uh, sampling analog audio. It's taking the Axia stream, it's, in, uh, it's transcoding it to AAC, and it's sending it to an Icecast um, server. Um, I, you, can, you can get this presentation. I'll give, there's a QR code as well so I, you, that, you can, um, that I'll share with you, and you can, you can get those, those links. Um, okay, any questions on that? Cloud computing is without, obviously, everybody's talking about cloud, have been for some time. Um, and broadcasters, I find, are reluctant to use it because we're so used to having these massive facilities. But the time has come, you know, remember, massive facilities are also subject to major problems like the primary UPS going down and then everything dies. Um, so the idea, this resilience concept is to out, to put some of the stuff off-premises. We, we don't want all this stuff on our premises. But it comes back to our point number one. You have to have reliable internet connections. And that's, that's a given. That's, that's where we're at. We, we have to have that for all of these things to happen. Um, so FFmpeg is relevant to video as well. It'll process video very cleverly. Um, Audio's a dream for it. It's, it's a, an absolute dream. Uh, no questions, eh? Cool. All right, that's, that's about it. Um, I, my last tip, <laughs> number 10, is that I've been very lucky to have some, some very um, good clients. Um, and my top client is United Stations, and I, I see nobody here from United Stations is here. But in terms of being employed or, or, or being consult, having, having consulting gigs, the more your employer allows you some leeway to discover some of these things, the more likely you are to create some of these elegant solutions for them. Um, and it's worth having that conversation, saying, all right, in the switch over, let's, in the switch over to digital, we're going to need some leeway 
to allow some creativity for us. And, and it's up to the employer to be able to, to give you that. Um, but it is something that you need. And you need a top internet connection. <laughs> All right. Good. That's it. Thank you very much. Any, any other questions? Cool. Thanks a lot.